Hello, welcome to another McLaren fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, as always, this week is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello. And I'm also joined by the McLaren Doggo on tour as part of my video. So, hello, Fraggle. Ah. You're here with us. Excellent. Yes, hello, Fraggle Dog. McLaren's most famous canine supporter. And joining us this week uh, to discuss Baku and all things McLaren is Simon Bell. Hi, Simon. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Um, yeah, right. Should we just crack straight into it? And yes, let's, yeah. let's do it. Let's go there. So, um, Baku, uh, quality, interesting. I always think that we need a bit of a tour for this one. Did you say toe? Tour, yeah, as in T O W, not. Sorry, I was just, I was just checking because I thought you said tour, and immediately tour. I was, I was thinking of Lando's tour of, of Azerbaijan and Baku that he did. So I thought you were going down that path. You mean we need a toe? I'm with you now, Essex right. people. He means yeah. toe. For everyone in the south, Sarah's just translated. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's one of those circuits, isn't it? With that that long straight that. Yeah. yeah. This is the difference in the in the sectors. You, you you've got to set your car up, and then you you've got to sort of plan for that teamwork on that straight because it's just such a deficit. You need the you need the downforce everywhere else, and then the, the you're crippled on that straight, which I think we were hampered by a bit and didn't then do. From what I could see, we didn't really do the strategy on the quality. Yeah, no. it's quite strange because I noticed that. Um... Obviously, Perez had the problem on the Red Bull, so they didn't get that. But when Ferrari went out and got Paul, they didn't do a a tour either. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, 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 it's quite a strange one. But, yeah, I, I, I sat there thinking, why, why are we not doing this like I expected in quality? And had something gone wrong, really? I guess that was a question. Do, do we think something's gone wrong with a kind of strategy on quality this weekend did it did we need to do something different I guess is the question I think certainly uh it's, it's a difficult one you know yeah. it's very easy I saw someone tweet this weekend actually talking about Lewis Hamilton saying that's good that a 47 year old person that sits on their sofa thinks they know know all the answers to this so let me let me turn that around for us as well it's very easy for us to say oh we didn't have the right strategy you know, um, Randy, our strategist, we know he knows his stuff. And when they get it right, we're the first people to be going, yeah, well done. We've got the right strategy. They obviously work through many, many combinations of what we could do here, what we could do there. What about this? What about that? It's really hard to just say we got the wrong strategy. I think the circuit didn't favour our car. And maybe they were just doing the best they could with it. And sometimes that's all we can ask for, you know, you know, critical fans will be on social media going, Oh, it's not good enough. We want more. Well, yeah, we all, we always want more, but supportive people like us will also say, maybe we got the best result this weekend that we were ever going to achieve on that circuit with this car at this time. Mm. Discuss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think kind of uh, Q2, 
and just getting into Q3 is our level this season. Yeah. I still want to kind of remind everybody out there that we're probably about two months behind the development curve of, of you know most other teams because of what happened in Bahrain. So yeah. we're still playing catch up for that. Um, so I don't think we'll see the real potential of this car until maybe September, October, maybe. Oh, September. Is that when Monza is? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, turning, Temple of Speed. Mm. Yes. Did, did we not do quite well there last year? I'm not sure if we mentioned them. I have no idea what happened. I think I was running a race. I think we did all right. rang me right in the middle of a half marathon. I rang you and I went, Donnelly, we've won, we've won. And he went, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah. quite work earlier this year when I did another run and the race was on we didn't do too well then so no, and andy's andy's been avoiding races on purpose thinking it would bring us luck but so far <laughs> it's uh, not turned it's not, out to be the yeah. all, all that's happened is i've got a little bit fitter and running a little bit faster maybe i need that uh donnelly reduction system <laughs> <laughs> drs yes although yuki Sonoda's donnelly reduction system wasn't working very well this weekend was it did no. you see the gaffer tape i love yeah, the technical tape. aspect of putting some silver tape on it to keep it from blowing in the wind you know if it's gorilla tape other brands are available they say you can fix anything with it so you know keeps aircraft in the air you know yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> You can hear you can hear Yuki on the radio going, "What is that?" You know, he was <laughs> you're sellotaping my car back together. Yeah. yeah. Simon, anyway, what, what did you? Yeah, yeah. Simon, what did you think about Quali? What was your sort of? It was tough. It? I think Quali, like you say, I think probably is our level this year, and it's quite considering where we were last year. It, it's quite difficult to spot because we're on this sort of curve of going up and, and, and yeah, we, we're a few weeks behind now with, with development. So it's challenging to watch because we always want more. It is challenging. It's, you've got to sort of, and I've probably said things certainly while I've been speaking and, and, and probably saying, Oh, come on, we should be doing better, but you've got to sort of sit and take stock. It, but it does feel, yeah, we, we, some bits feel like, I don't know whether it's like you say, miss strategy, miss mistakes. And like I say, Sarah, you know, sometimes maybe they do have to, and all of us go, yeah, we got it wrong. You know, yeah, for this yeah. particular bit, we got it wrong. Um, and, and we need to learn from it and, and sort of go on to the next time. Um, it was a difficult qualifying. There was, seemed to be during, when looking at practice, there was, there was a much wider spread at this circuit at times. Yes. Uh, and the top four, uh, you know, Ferrari and Red Bull just in a league of their own. Um, so anything sort of anybody else in Q3 was was going to be fantastic. So yeah, it was, and then it sort of very very challenging to get into Q3. So yeah, probably our best lot previously on previous rules. I would have said slot eleven and twelve would have been fantastic because the tire choice, but you don't get that now. So that's very true. And I will just uh, divert slightly from the order of the agenda to say, you know as we talk about the race, as we come off Collie and go towards talking about the race, just before the race, Lando was interviewed on what I call the toilet run, as, uh, as we all know. And uh, immediately they said, what's this race going to be like? What's your car going to be like? What sort of car have you got? And he went, Oh, I don't know, but we're the slowest by a second in the, in the speed traps. Mm. And my heart sank at that point because I hadn't realized that. I hadn't realised that. So I immediately went off and Googled and looked 
and I shared that with you, Andy, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, it's Looking on the agenda later on. So, but we, we were the yeah. we were the two slowest cars, and that made my heart sink because I'm the fan that always wants to, you know, be optimistic, but it's hard to be optimistic when you see those facts, you know. Can I, can I give you some optimistic facts that I can see from that list that please, you shared? Please do so, Mister Donnelly. Right. So, on one hand, the bottom four cars. Are all Mercedes powered, so we are where we are. We know yes. that it's that. However, if you look a bit further up there, you could see that Sebastian Vettel, who's also in a Mercedes-powered car, was pretty much in the top ten. I think it was. I'm just looking so, now. Yeah, there is Mr. Vettel. Yeah, I mean he's. Yeah, he's second from the top yes. on the speed trap. So he's 23 he's, kilometers per hour. So my question would be is is that because he got a tow off Lance Stroll or something else like that? But the disparity between the Aston or Vettel and the other Mercedes makes me think that maybe the speed traps that we've gone through. We've not been full pelt getting a tour, and maybe Vettel did, and maybe actually in reality we're a little bit more in the middle rather than at the bottom. Okay, I'll take that. It. I like I like the optimism. Um, I was I was agreeing with Mister Norris, the man that drives one of our cars, and I thought you know if he says it, then it must be true. Yeah, but that's obviously that's you know kind of for Baku, for somewhere like I don't know maybe Monza, maybe we're not going to suffer too much in that respect or you know somewhere else yeah um but yeah maybe power circuits where spa particularly might be a bit of a drag but there you go yeah i don't think i don't think they're right you're talking about drag (laughs) i'd probably say like say with the speed traps i mean i always see it whether i'm right or wrong i don't know i'm not an aerodynamicist but Speed traps are great, like say for the straight line, and Baku obviously got, like we say, got massive straight. But looking at where that, the flip side of that, in sort of medium speed, high speed corners, where you may be carrying a lot of downforce. I know maybe again Baku setup wise, that sector two in Baku, you need some good downforce on that. Um, yeah. You know, from sort of turn twelve to turn fifteen, so it's that that sort of sector around there, and helping around with tires as well. Yeah, again, only sort of my couch you know strategist look um it's it seems to be that offset maybe yeah set up for this time maybe could have gone a little bit more balanced um and and maybe not as as heavy on the downforce um and they made it a little bit more slippy and like i say maximizing the toe so yeah some lessons maybe to be learned from um set up for this weekend do you know what i think the couch strategist would be a really good twitter name (laughs) <laughs> somebody, somebody out there should grab that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking, yeah, the the strategist that speaks with hindsight every week. Yeah. Absolutely, I got twenty twenty hindsight vision. That's you know fine. what I've done? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that Harry Enfield character that used to go? Oh, you don't want to do it like that. Oh, you don't do that. <laughs> Other comedy characters are available as well. Yes, yes. So we uh, should we get on to the race? Um, yeah. well, we, we we have segued nicely in that direction, haven't we already? Yes. 
So uh, it was interesting that they split the strategy to start with, with uh, Danny Rick on the hard and Lando on the mediums. Mm. Good move, in my opinion. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, good move. Um, Yeah. It's just a few options throughout the race. Certainly gave us the options to move Lando onto a two-stop if that became the fastest one. Mm. Um, Yeah, so I I kind of was quite happy with that. Um, I was quite happy with it when I saw they were doing it, but the the actual results of what happened with that split strategy in the tyres was not what I expected. Uh, But I think there's some extra factors that need to go into that. Oh, the X factor, right? X factor, yeah. Um, Which which kind of, uh, you know, really kind of made and made our race or didn't make our race. Um, if we if we go on to the sort of pit stops, I think they were probably going to push Lando a little bit further, I think. Yeah. And I think, was it, it was either Magnussen or Leclerc whose Ferrari engine blew up. I, I can't remember there was that many Ferrari engines that blew up in the race. Uh, <laughs> But um, one of those two, and I think we kind of panic thinking there might be a full-on safety car or something like that. And um, I think it could have been Magnus, it could have been Leclerc because he came back in the pits, didn't he? So um, I think we triggered, pulled the trigger, panicked a little bit maybe. Could have been completely the right call and we could have been sitting quite pretty further up the field. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, um, strategist hindsight would say that we uh, should have uh, sort of, you know, kind of gone the other way, stayed out or something like that. But mm. we could have also, on the flip side, ended up with, you know, Lando being quite far up. Um, instead, he came out 16th, which gave him a lot to do. And what was he What was he doing, Andy, when that happened? Um, so, yeah, in my notes here, he was going for the overcourt. He was going for the overcoat. That's right, podcast listeners. Andy thinks that Lando Norris was going for the overcoat. <laughs> Not even the undercoat, the overcoat. Yeah. But definitely he was probably trying for the overcut, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Obviously, if he was uh, going for the overcoat, then he was obviously a little bit chilly in the car. Probably had a cold bottom like Lewis. And they definitely, <laughs> definitely weren't weren't chilly out there in Baku. So right. everyone listening, please feel free to tweet Andy pictures and gifts of overcoats from now on because <laughs> we want to make sure that he's definitely aware of this one. I do believe McLaren do an overcoat. <laughs> they will now some sort of rain jacket overcoat thing I'm sure they might do but it won't arrive in time for whenever you want it no <laughs> like 2023 20, maybe yeah yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I did laugh when I saw the Father's Day email come out earlier I thought it's Monday that ain't never arriving in time is it <laughs> <laughs> no <Nah>. anyway <laughs> yeah anyway We'll, we'll get on the kit another time, I think. We'll probably have a whole podcast on that one. So, yeah, so Simon, what did you kind of think about how that sort of panned out? Um, I think with, with the split strategy, it seemed that I think I, – I know there was a lot of discussion over the radio. I think they should have done the switch. It looked like Danny had more pace on the hards. So I think he should have done, they should have done the switch as the team strategy, but there was a lot of c- conversation on it. 
And I just think it could should have released him, let him go, see how far he could push it. That hard tie with Danny seemed to work really well. His pace was there, which I did not expect. I because the hard tie, I expected him to just drop back. Um, and not have the grip at the start, but he did, and he was right there with Lando. So I, I think a switch would have maybe changed our race completely, uh, and let him get off a bit and, and maybe attack, uh, even if taking some of the life out of him, you know, to, to then have some of the VSCs where you've got less damage from that pit. Um, when Leclerc, I think it was Leclerc's engine that blew, initially saw it on the main straight, and I was thinking, great, okay, that could be a safety car, give us a good chance, you know, make some of the strategy, and then. He starts pulling into the pit lane. I'm thinking, no, don't do anything because that that's going to stop the pit lane. We're not going to be able to get in at all. So, yeah, really challenging from a from that point of view. So, yeah, where the strategist getting it wrong? Well, not getting it wrong, having a difficult time during the race on that one. But I think the switch they should have switched um, and let Danny go at that point um, and see what he could do with it. Yes. <laughs> all right, go on, degree, then. Sarah. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree or disagree. I don't think I'm in position, possession of all of the data and the facts. So I trusted them on this occasion. Um, just like at the end of the race when Lando was quite vocally going, why can't I overtake, why can't I overtake? And they said, no, he held for you. We're going to hold for him. I thought, yeah, that's fair. Lando might have finished one place up. He wasn't going to catch Alonso at that point. Mm. So... I tend to I tend to think at the moment a team where we're not struggling too much but not as good as we want to be requires team players and both drivers are working on developing that car and what I don't want them to do is turn into Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg and start trying to like you know that's 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 just not the sort of relationship that will make our team get better and move forward mm. so I I I I accepted it maybe because I'm a girl, I don't know, or maybe that's nothing to do with it, but I accepted it that that was the right decision because they've made it. Um, Andy, you're probably going to say something totally different. Oh, I'm just going to sort of uh, bring in the comment there. Of, on the um, fence. Oh, yeah, I'm on the fence. Yeah, <laughs> me or not. No, um, I think the, the comment you made there about the, the you know, the interfit in the team fighting of drivers and stuff like that, I noticed that there seems to be a bit of a narrative on Sky F1 Channel 4 about Lando versus Daniel and that they're not. And this is something that's come out in the last sort of couple of races because obviously Dan's not done too well. Um, But they seem to be trying to play this narrative. And one which I don't really think is there at all. A bit like they tried to do the sort of Carlos and Lando thing. Yeah, wasn't there as well uh, on the Netflix. Um, similarly, you know, I, ultimately, I think you know, driver in any position is going to want what is best for him, and is going to be vocal about it. Um, yeah. And anyone out there that thinks that Dan wasn't doing the same thing earlier on in the race that Lando was later on probably hasn't been kind of following the sport long enough to sort of understand that. But that's Absolutely. the way it probably is. We only get snippets of what's broadcast. Yep, that's what I think, just uh, say that. Yep. I think me and you, Sarah, we've been quite lucky in our lifetime to have been in the garage and yep. listened to the team radio. And the thing that's always kind of always kind of surprised me was its constant chatter. Yeah, it's not quite like you think that's on in, in little snippets of 
it's on it's like we're talking here now all the way through yeah. and the FIA or FOM whoever only decides to broadcast what brings drama what brings entertainment mm-hmm. what causes controversy yeah. um to the masses and basically once you understand that it's a conversation between a race engineer a driver and the team um you then start to see that the context is very different. Hmm. Yes, certainly when they do these sort of edits, these cut and paste edits where they grab a bit out and then play it next to another bit, they introduce a narrative that obviously is fictitious, you know, and we have to be aware of that. But hmm. it's it's difficult. I know what they're trying to do. You know, hmm. I read Twitter. I see the people on there. I know what they're looking for. Um, I stay away from a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> So I do I do feel that they are trying to add entertainment sometimes where maybe pure purists like the three of us would just like the facts. Yeah. In fact, you know, listening to the whole of our team radio, radio would be fascinating, although that will not happen because obviously we'd be giving it away to the other teams then. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just, I, you're hearing bits and pieces and you have to assume that you're not hearing the full, you know, the full you can story. tell when they when they play it on on the the sky or on whatever coverage, and they play the team radio out and go, yeah, okay, we're in old position, we've got three laps, uh, or we've got five laps to go, and there's only two laps left. And you go, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you know, somebody somebody in the background going, oh, that will look good together. Let's put that there. Yeah, uh, do the little snippet snippets and put it out. Um, how yeah, many you, how many times do you find after the event does somebody then post? Here's the full transcript. They yeah, give you yeah. a much better idea of what's gone a couple of days later, and you think, oh, it wasn't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the most recent, really, really good example of that was after Monaco when Danny hit the wall and Tom Stallard was talking to him, and people were going, oh my God, that, that McLaren engineer, who we know is a very nice person, very knowledgeable, and has worked with the team for years. Mm. Oh, look at him. He didn't care about Dan at all. He just wanted to know about the car. He didn't know Dan hit the wall at that point. He didn't know. Yeah, he was watching the data. Um, So, you know, once you read the full transcript of that, you realise exactly what you've said there. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. Right. Um, I think eighth and ninth was a pretty good result for us. Um, I kind of think two cars in the points. Yep. Um, I'm going to take that. Definitely all the time this season. I'll take that. I'll take a nine and tenth. I'll take a fifth and sixth. Um, I'll, I'll take a one and two. Um, <laughs> that sounds like you're going to the toilet, Andy, and I think you should <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is going downhill. <clears throat> think, more, think more importantly, those results, eighth, ninth, fifth, sixth, you know, one and two, whichever, I think personally, I'd take that result either way around. I, yeah. I don't care if it's Danny or if it's Lando, to be honest. Um, yep. I care if it's McLaren or not. Yeah. Yep. And there's still this stigma that's coming through. Yeah, Danny's not had a great sort of season. It's challenging getting the car. We've all been over the, the, the ins and outs of why it is, you know, and, and Lando may be getting a bit more performance, but it's either way around. Just getting up there as a team, like I say, play those strategies, get into the points, maximise what you can get every weekend. That's the key. Totally. Consistently scoring points, sticking away. All you need is someone to retire and not make it to the end. They've scored no points this weekend. Mm. You know, look at Ferrari this weekend. Look how things are changing, you know. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah you know we're, we're we're chipping away at it and if we keep doing that we don't have reliability problems both cars make it to the end and we score some points along the way right. let me that's, give you a consistency it. stat that i quite ooh, like ooh, go on, so, man, go on. um this is not something i i've um sort of researched so hi i'm a charlotte on twitter has, has come has tweeted this and I, I have to mention it because um it's, it's brilliant. So Lando Norris, yes, started sixty nine Grand Prix for us. Good number. Uh, yeah, out of that, they don't make the obvious joke. <laughs> I am me. Uh, I can't yeah. help it. <laughs> out of that, nine have been DNFs. Seven right. of them were actual car issues. Yeah. Out of the rest, that's fifty races he's been in the points for us. So that's ten races that he's failed to score points. That is incredible consistency. Anyone yep. who thinks that Lando is not the driver that people say he is needs to look at that. Mm. So yeah. there you go. Um, and uh, if you're listening, hi, I'm Charlotte. Drop us a DM, and we'll send you a um, we'll send you some Google Wheels, which we'll get on doing later. Are you, are you offering up my merchandise, man? Yes. <laughs> We will, we will. We'll get on to those in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a great stat to kind of find. And, you know, uh, let's hope it continues in a similar vein. Yeah. Um, yep. We're going to have tracks this season where we're not that great. We're going to have tracks this season where we fly. It's just the way it is. Yes. It's just the way it is. <laughs> so, let's just talk about car development uh very quickly um obviously we're sort of a little bit behind everyone else Mm. um but we're also kind of constrained by the cost cap so i think a lot of teams maybe alpine and aston have brought stuff a little bit ahead of the curve of what we have, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Simon? I think, yeah, the cost cap is quite worrying. I think maybe with some of the work we had to do early on, it's probably into a bit of that that capital that we've got, that allowance that we're, we're that we've got. Um, so then, yeah, like a bit of catch up. I mean, Zach, Christian, um, Mattia Binotto, Wolf are all all saying. You know, there's going to be challenges later on in the season where cost cap is going to either is going to seriously impact. Yeah. So I'm quite hopeful if teams like Alpine um, and Aston um, are, are maybe using some of their budget now early on, because it might reduce some of the gap we've got. Yep. Yeah. They'll, and they'll run out of money. With any and, luck. Uh, and we might be frugally sneaking it in along the way. You know, that's that's what I'm mm. hoping. But I did. You mentioned you mentioned the other team principals there, and I think that's that's a really good point because I've seen a lot of talk about the fact that they've also spoken about not only what they're spending on the car and if if there's a crash like Hass, you know that they're burning their budget on on parts and replacement, but also about things that are affecting you and I as well, like the cost of electricity going up, mm. um, the cost of fuel, that kind of thing. So all of those things were unforeseen when the budget cap was set in place mm. and those costs have increased. So the cost of even running the factory for 
each of the teams must have increased, you know, quite a lot as well. I think, you know, what you might, what could work is that you get a certain percentage already of like leeway, but maybe yeah. increasing that percentage of leeway, given what's happened, makes it a little bit fairer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather and than on where you're based. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the UK, you get a massive leeway. <laughs> on the continent, yeah. not so much. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Um, yeah, but I think certainly it needs to be looked at. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's something that comes out of the summer break when they've got a bit yeah. of time to look at it. Because my understanding is the budget cap was set two or three years ago before yep. these were going to come in. The whole, you know, before COVID, before everything else, the world has changed dramatically since then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it definitely needs to be looked at. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it would be a real shame if come towards the end of the season, even a team like Haas, um, who we know have a bit of financial sort of constraints to start with, can't attend the race mm. because of budget constraints. That would look really bad on FOM, the FIA, yeah. um, and, and not really on Haas. It's not that it wouldn't really be their fault yeah. in that respect. They, you know, they've come for a racing season and they are, yes, they, they, you know, they have Ken Magnussen who's experienced, but they've got Mick who's had a few incidents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where they are in the field, there's always going to be incidents and stuff. So they're going to probably be bitten a little bit more than, say, a, a Red Bull would be or something like that. So I think I'd not like to see get to that point where a team just can't can't turn up for a race because they can't afford it. Yep. It just it just kind of makes a mockery of the sport. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really poor situation to be in, wouldn't it? I'm trying yeah. to think of some gimmicky way that people can buy back a bit of extra budget, you know, like uh, trade points for it or something like that. Or Well, you know, if you're a team that's got <laughs> more points, what can you do? I know. Um, I'm just yeah. playing around with the ideas of what could we do to give someone the opportunity if they've run out of budget to somehow trade it or do something about it. Sell some of their merchandise at extortionate prices. <clears throat> well, there's but no they do that anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, what about taking a grid penalty to, you know, starting yeah. at the back? Yeah. Do you think yeah. uh, that would give someone an incentive to come through the field all the way to the front, you know, start from the back for an extra an extra million or something, you know, I don't know. I'm playing around with the idea. It's but not what, a bad idea. It could work, but yeah. But what I'm thinking here is we really want our listeners to hit us up after this podcast and tell us their suggestions. You know, let's hear what everyone thinks on this. If yeah. uh, what's the solution to running out of budget? Here's the first tweet that I've got in from a Mr. C Horner in Oxford. <laughs> Is he married to a Spice Girl? <laughs> Andy, I don't want to hear any more. The nineties, yeah. I don't want to hear any more from C Horner. All right, <laughs> he's on Sky. He's on everything else. Yeah. Enough. I don't want to hear any more. Let's go to the pit wall now, Christian. No. What's your views on it? Yeah, you're like, oh, sod off. <laughs> what I'd really like is for Mattia Bonotto to actually stand up and go. Oh, today was awful. Our cars both broke down, and not just goes quiet. You know, yeah. what's yeah. the passion? I, I just want them to get Franz Toss back on again because he was absolutely hilarious and really got angry with Crofty. I think they've never asked him again because of that. 
I think Franz <laughs> Tost and Gunther Steiner on the pit wall are the two best. Best. Yeah. Definitely. Exactly. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're we're coming towards the end of uh, this episode. Sarah, I believe that you've got um, a nice little product. I have. Uh, I didn't bring any upstairs with me to record the podcast because I'm an idiot. So... So let me let me show you all on screen. And for those of you listening, I'm holding my mobile phone up to the camera. So um, I love the wheels on the car. I love the design. I love the way they look. I like seeing them when the car's stationary. I like seeing them when the car's moving. Um, I love them. I think they're great. And uh, interestingly, I got a tweet from someone this week who works for Google. And he said, I'm buying one of your key rings because I'm a McLaren fan. I work for Google. and I've been waiting for someone to bring something out to celebrate this this partnership. So anyway, I designed some key rings, um, fridge magnets and badges. They're all the same size for the body of it, which is uh, 35 millimetres across. They're really good quality. They're die-cast metal. The colours are bright. They feel heavy in your hand. They're brilliant. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I've designed them, but I always feel that as a fan, I'm making the things that I've always wanted to buy. So, guys, hit me up on Twitter. Have a look at my Etsy store, which is called Sari Wears Wears. But I do tweet lots of links to it if you want to cheat and go in that way. But Google Wheels are there. There's other McLaren badges and magnets and key rings as well. Um, but I think they're pretty funky and unique for what we've got on our car. So, uh, yeah, take a look and uh, let me know what you think. And maybe uh, we'll do a giveaway in the next podcast, Andy. Sounds like a good idea. Why not? Great stuff. Right. Um, yeah, let's uh, got a few minutes left. In a, a couple of words, uh, how do you think we're going to do in Canada, Simon? Oh, uh, <clears throat> quietly optimistic. Oh, are you? Yeah, double points again. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, just, yeah, yeah, I, if we learn a bit from the strategy, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a lot very different from Baku. It's a lot faster, um, more of an even set out, I'd say, around the circuit. More than two words, but yeah, quietly optimistic. Oh, that's good. That's good. What about you, Sarah? It's only a short time until we go there. Even when I heard Mercedes talking about the problems with Lewis and the pauper sing and his back, they said we'll try and sort something out for the next race. And I thought, bloody hell, you know, it's only a few days till you're there. Um, and I don't think that's enough time for us to make any major changes unless we've already planned what's coming through. So I don't think we're reacting to the last race. Mm. I think we're on the path that's already been set, if you know yeah. what I mean. Um, still a street circuit, though, isn't it, on the island there? A bit bumpy. Yeah. got cars on it, bits of white lines and things. So be interesting. I'd be hoping for double points again. But I think we might still be relying on other cars in front of us not making it to the end. Well, that's fair enough. I think, you know, if if another couple of Ferrari engines blow up and we get some places because of that, that's the way it is. Um, it is. Red Bull the line. Yeah. <laughs> right. That wraps it up for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us, Simon. No, thanks for having me. It's good. Yeah. And uh, Sarah, I will... Uh, catch up with you next week for Canada and uh, hopefully we'll see uh, McLaren Doggo out there around on these world tour as well 
Yes, hopefully someone's got a postcard out there, but at least McLaren Doggo's here with us tonight. So yeah. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye.